This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hey, what's your deal? Hey, what's your deal? Welcome to What's Your Deal? I'm your host, Ariana Lenarski. This is the podcast where we read tarot for special guests to find out where they've been and where they're going. With me today is the lovely and talented Lauren Wilkinson. Hi. Hi, Lauren. (laughs) Lauren is the author of the acclaimed novel, American Spy, (laughs) which came out in February Mm -hmm. and has been on countless best of lists since then and most recently i was very (laughs) stunned and excited about this was shouted out on obama's uh barack obama's um summer reading list i was astonished as well (laughs) (laughs) i mean i shouldn't say i'm astonished actually of course he's late actually it should have been like his spring reading list where has he been like i I knew like he's honestly like get it together um Yes, I, but I was definitely shocked. <laughs> How'd you, can I ask you a little bit about, because I can't imagine waking up and getting name-checked by Barack Obama. It was, first of all, with that kind of thing, My I just you know, assumed that there would be some sort of back-channeling and you would hear beforehand. Yeah. But it was actually, um, you know, I'm subletting. And the woman I'm subletting from, from, she's like, oh, you probably know this, but you were on <laughs> Obama's summer reading list. And I was like, what? So basically just a <laughs> random person told you. Yeah. Like, not your agent, not your manager, not a friend. Just yeah, per- someone, just ran- your, and I, your and landlord, basically. Yeah, she texted me when I was in a work meeting and I had to pretend like <laughs> things were normal when they were not Deeply normal. not. Deeply not. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, did you tell people right away or you did you kind of go into sort of a zone? Yeah, Almost I, like I was, you had heard someone d- that had died. It was a weird zone. This? I was like this whooshing noise in my ears. <laughs> and I was like, I don't know what was said in that uh, in that meeting at all. And then I told them, you know, at lunch. <laughs> but I I was like waited two hours or something. It was it was crazy. And I was getting it. a ton of, of texts. Yes. And like but yeah, it was like, you know, quite a it was it was it was good drama, good theater right, right. for me to pretend that I was paying attention to anything right, right. that was happening at work. <laughs> I was not. <laughs> um do you think I'm curious now, like does this mean someday you're gonna meet Barack Obama? Like what does I, this mean? I hope so. I hope so. I mean that's I think that's always that's always the dream. I mean, I think it will. always the yes. dream <laughs> like from for years. Right. Right. <laughs> One day. One day. Me and Barry just going to really just kick you know. it. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think it's possible. I think it's going to happen um, again. He's late. Um, so I feel so I met you in March, was it or was it April? 
that you March. were staying with me March. in March. Mm-hmm. I also I'm I sublet a room in my house and just for like a couple months at a time. And I like sort of like to think of it almost like a waypost where people like come and go. Mm-hmm. And I sort of try to inundate people with witchcraft while they're there, <laughs> which I feel like I sort of did to you. A I little bit. was very on board. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so. I mean, I try to only let witchy types come in, come into the um, waypost, the witch's waypost, I guess I would call it. Um, but it's fu- it's funny because you're you're born and raised in New York. Yes. Right. Mm-hmm. Which I've uh, which I mean, there's a lot of people in Los Angeles like that. But I feel like there's sometimes less um, openness to weird stuff like that from New Yorkers. Um, pro- that sounds about right. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I don't know. I've always felt kind of open to, uh, you know, just believing that there's more to life and experience than, you know, what I can perceive. So mm-hmm. um, and it has really served me to be to be open. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> I think you're a very sensitive person. You, it seems like you're the type of person who can walk into a room and quickly understand what's going on, like within an instant. I I hope to. <laughs> I try to, you know, because it feels like if you want to write novels, you should be um, somewhat emotionally sensitive. I've met a few authors who feel very self-centered, you know, when they're very, <laughs> very established authors. And mm-hmm. that always seems like a you know, a hindrance to not, to not really, you know, to your work. Because how can you believably write other people if you're not paying attention to them, I guess. Mm. so. Do you think that for the most part when you are writing characters, how much of it is based on your interactions with actual human beings and how much is based into maybe like what you're sensing, if that makes sense? Like how often do you feel like, do you feel like you typically know how you're the one that can help someone understand how they're feeling or do you f- do you feel like I you receive what I they're think, putting out? I think that I mm, no cuz I don't think I think it's mostly you know what I don't know. <laughs> you know what? I'm just going to I'm just going to admit that. I, I don't I don't know cuz um yeah, you know it, it's my own it's my own perception Mm -hmm. and it's like filtered through me and I can't tell where, you know, maybe like into my intuition, I can't tell the boundaries of my intuition where they, where it stops Mm -hmm. and and starts. So, you know, for all I know, my perception of other people is really, really, really strongly influenced by, by uh, my intuition about them. But, Mm -hmm. you know, that's just, like it doesn't have like a, a firm boundary, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Like it just kind of feels like a yeah. I guess like you said, like a like a mush. Mm-hmm. This sort of like watery mm-hmm. collective. Because you just get a sense about someone when uh-huh. you meet them, and then I think in retrospect you can be like, oh, why did I think that? You know about them? Why mm-hmm. did I get that impression? Um, and when you analyze it, then maybe you can try to parse. Uh, you know what was they, what it was that they told you versus what it was that you sensed, but I think mm-hmm. just in the moment, it's hard. It's hard to do that. Interesting. I think I sometimes tend to be someone who is trying to sense the meaning behind the words. Like I don't always take people at what the the words that they're saying. Mm-hmm. I'm looking more into how they're saying it, and I, I feel like I'm always like peeking behind 
what I'm being told. Um, and I'm only lately like, maybe I shouldn't do that. Like, maybe that's not the right way to. Yeah, I've been thinking about that um, too recently because it is so much about, you know, projection is very. It's crazy. <laughs> it's like it's everything. Very present, yeah. In fact, I'm worried there's nothing but <laughs> projection. <laughs> like, it's an actual fear that I have. Yeah. Well, I mean, it might be. Like, I'm a little worried that everything is projection. And we never know, so. <laughs> oh, great. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> uh, so what does one do without, if you, hmm. Okay, I'm obviously just bringing up the stuff that I've been thinking about for the last <laughs> like, couple days, but maybe it'll be of interest to you. So if we don't know if everything is a projection, it's hard to tell how to handle the mm, separate being of somebody else, mm -hmm. basically. Um, how do you sort of handle this feeling of not knowing what's going on? Just make space for it? I I think that's probably our only choice, you mm. know, right? Like, I think just because there are no... Uh, firm answers about really every kind of existential question <laughs> doesn't mean that you know you just kind of I think the only thing that you can do is just accept that you don't know and you probably can't know and just um, you know conduct your life just trying not to harm other people and yeah. from like a place of um, love because that's really all I think you can do I think trying to analyze it you know, is, is going down a rabbit hole for sure <laughs> um, that I get trapped in mm -hmm. a lot, you know? So I think you kind of just at some point realize you, you kind of have to give up and <laughs> focus your, your, your energy elsewhere. Mm -hmm. That's all I got. I'm sorry. <laughs> I th no, I mean, I think that's perfect. It's interesting because there's a sense of like, well, I don't know. And then you just kind of accept it and enjoy life like curiously yeah. enjoy life until you get you know sucked into that until analytical you you're like, <laughs> cycle oh again that's real oh my that's real <laughs> everything i'm thinking is real yeah. um so like how are you applying i guess i'm trying to ask well what story are you interested in telling at this point in your life basically in relation to your philosophy of life of mm -hmm. like well i don't know we're going to curiously think about what's happening um what stories have been the most interesting for you to tell um i it does they're related yeah i guess i feel like they're not related like i you know i moved out here to la because i um got a job working in tv and that's a big platform um and you know as it stands i don't really have any control over the story that it's not my story, so mm -hmm. I can't, um, you know, I don't have full control over what's being told. But I have been thinking about that recently because, the, you know, I, novel readership is much smaller, obviously, than than TV readership. And so I, I or TV viewership, rather. So I've been thinking of, like, what my obligation is um, to when you have, you know, when I have a bigger platform 
And I think for me right now, what I would like to start pushing is um, socialist matriarchal <laughs> propaganda. <laughs> so Ooh, um, I just got a rush in my body. <laughs> I don't. I mean, I you know because I just <sighs> yeah. I, I think that we need to. I was actually inspired by uh, that horrible person, Ben Shapiro. Um, I love he, that you just butchered he, his last name. And oh, I'm not, no, no, no. I'm not no, even going to tell you. Know, you I went to Shapiro. college with a Ben Shapiro. Um, <laughs> and I always say his name first, Ben Shapiro. No, let's stay with Shapiro. <laughs> <laughs> um, I feel so. I think that Ben Shapiro, he left Twitter because so many You're people kidding. kept That's thinking so he funny. was Ben Shapiro. Um, wow. Poor, poor guy. <laughs> but, <laughs> But uh, he, yeah, he had some weird propaganda. Like he had some video recently that he released that was about how uh, Hollywood is a propaganda machine, and you know they're just shooting into your eyeballs all of these stories about uh, leftist, you know, elite values. And I was like, I woke up that day and I went to work and the writers room, and I was like, this is awesome. <laughs> like all I have to do to make this person so frustrated and upset. Uh, it's just to exist <laughs> and to believe the things that I believe. And um, I so I would like to, you know, take that as far as I can. I think I, I think that, um, yeah, there are, you know, I, I would love to write a story about, you know, I, I, there's a story I want to write about a con woman who I feel like and I think secretly this is just about like, you know, low key about redistributing wealth because mm -hmm. I think we need to we need a new system we need a new economic system you know we're sitting here and you know all these horrible horrifying things are happening um and i i think they'll continue to happen if we maintain the economic system we have so um i guess what i would like to do where i would like to tell stories is to come up with you know ideas that um are different that that suggest that there's a different way of doing things um I think that would be helpful and also throwing a con woman in there is just <laughs> yeah like, yeah love a con love a scam yeah i i do too i love a good grift <laughs> <laughs> she's conning um an even bigger con man but no one understands that because he you know has a owns a securities firm uh -huh. um and a lot of bankers are kind of con you know it is a very much so <laughs> yeah it is a con so um but it's certainly you know, it's it's the small time crook in this story who is mm. criminalized, but mm. the bigger con, the the guy who owns the securities for firm, is much more damaging to society. So, yeah. um, I was thinking recently about the um, the woman who just committed a crime in space. Did you hear about this? Space crimes? No, I didn't. It's wonderful. <laughs> what, is this, what is a space crime? She uh, is an astronaut. Mm -hmm. She her part. She's she was lesbian and had an ex wife who um, I believe had. I think they have a child together. It might be the astronaut stepchild. But it was the first crime ever to be committed in space. I'm so proud for the lesbian community for <laughs> <Yes>. this. Uh, <laughs> she hacked <laughs> into her ex-wife's bank account from the International Space Station. <laughs> the footprints of that are so big that they're going to so obviously be able to trace that back. And there is really a very few <laughs> yeah, they likely <laughs> candidates yeah. for that crime. Oh, oh They immediately man. knew. It was like, <laughs> yeah. 
who could this be? Who could it be? Uh, I, you know, I think they're still doing a little innocent until proven guilty thing. Um, but uh, it was something there. Was, it was some kind of domestic drama where it was like, oh, I wanted to make sure she was spending money appropriately on our kid. Like something kind of like that. She wasn't trying to take money from her. She wasn't trying to steal. She was just trying to like observe, I think. Hmm. I think I'm getting that right. But it made me think about femininity, the crime, fem- what crimes femininity will trend to sometimes. And it usually will be like scams, grifts, somehow acquiring hmm. things. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I don't. Less than like violence. Yeah. But this is a pet theory. Like, this is not something I haven't done any research whatsoever. I was, I'm just like thieves, like, you know, like that sort of like um, resource, resource oriented crime, mm. if that makes sense, rather than like brutality. Yeah. Um, my boyfriend was telling me recently, he's a software engineer uh, about, I guess, I think. The thing about him being, let me as let me take a step back. As a software engineer, he has there's a whole language of his craft that I don't have any access to. So it is a Which lot is like hearing. Uh, sometimes when he's with his friends, they talk about things, and I understand from the rhythm of the conversation that a joke has been made. You know, and right, I will right, laugh right. along, but it is just like following along and. Like an alien language. (laughs) Yeah, I I have no idea what anyone is saying. But he was talking about, um, I think he called it social engineering or like a type of social hacking, I think maybe, where, and he said that women are much better at this thing (laughs) because it's like, so it's like a question of, you know, if you want to get information about someone. um, And he said, like, I think he was talking about a particular woman who's very very good at it uh, good at this form of hacking and she was she gave she was giving a presentation and she wanted her goal was to get uh the username and password of a man in the audience's bank account so what she did was she yeah so it's you know so we were this was a conversation about hacking and the you know traditional ways but then when you um add a social element and bring people into it how that is changed um so he you know he uh gave his name and she called the his bank and you know put on a like presented herself as being very harried and that the like the the family was really busy and this was her husband and they gave his his password and information she did this live to show she did it live to show that that it was a possibility so did the guy was he horrif- Was everyone horrified or was it kind of like a, did it end up seeming kind of like a party trick or I think just it's to a, prove how easy it was, right? I think it's like a, a serious uh, problem in security issues uh, with, you, you know, with privacy and data um, and that people are very focused on like uh, security that f- is based in engineering and, you know, you just, you, you know, like your your password and make sure your username is, but also that if, you know, just we need to be aware that if there's a social element, if if humans are involved and there's space for for human error, error and mm-hmm. like, uh, you know, that type of hacking. So, well, we're going to hack into your subconscious. <laughs> <Uh-oh>. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
We're going to take a break. And when we come back, we're going to read the tarot of Lauren Wilkinson. Welcome back. We're going to read the tarot of Lauren Wilkinson on What's Your Deal? But before we do, I just want to finish the thought we were having about how this woman was able to basically socially hack into this man's bank account Mm -hmm. and what you're saying about her basically manipulating the way people perceive her. Yeah, I mean, because it always just is a question of perception. It's not any objective measure or any indication of objective measure about a woman or women in general. It's just that there's this like strong, there's so many strong social perceptions and that are go completely un, uninvestigated. And um, there's something very interesting to me about um, women being able to take advantage of of that <laughs> in this particular arena. Um, so, yeah. That both terrifies me and <laughs> intrigues me at the same time because it's kind of what we're talking about earlier of like, how can I ever tell what's really going on yeah. with this other person 10 times more if they're consciously being like, I'm going to be <laughs> like this. I'm terrified. Yeah. Like, that's terrifying. What do you do? I mean, it's the same thing. You just have to be like, well, no. Hope it doesn't happen to me. Yeah, <laughs> like, I mean, I don't know. We are, we were talking about cons and grifters, and one thing that I is very interesting to me is that there is a con for everybody. Everybody is susceptible to one. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just you know, there's a con. You just have to. The person who is conning has to kind of be very good at figuring out what, what your what is. your particular one is. Yeah. So there's you know you can dismiss. I, I think that's something that we should all be aware of because you can dismiss something and say, why would someone spend, spend all that money? And it's like, don't think that that makes you, means you're not susceptible Mm -hmm. to cons. You're not Mm -hmm. susceptible to that one, but there are surely, you know, I think it's, I know the ones that I'm, (laughs) that I, you do know the ones you're susceptible? Are you willing to share? Maybe you shouldn't share them. (laughs) Not all of them, but I do think that I can tell there are certain sympathies that I have that I feel like if someone like, like you know really honed into them that they would certainly be able to take advantage of me and then i'm sure the ones that scare me are the ones that i know there are things that i don't know you know mm-hmm. <laughs> and that i would be like oh um <laughs> i didn't be know too i late. had that weakness <laughs> yeah, yeah now it's too late <laughs> so uh i do I, yeah i think that's a very very interesting thing that and another interesting thing about con artists is that they increase when we can't trust in our institutions um so i think <laughs> so are, we're running in, rampant right now yes probably. <laughs> we are in a i think a, a new age of con artists um oh my god i mean you are getting a tarot reading right now <laughs> <laughs> i have heard about people who give thousands of dollars to tarot readers which like yeah. makes sense i guess like yeah i think what happens a lot with tarot readers is they probably are very intuitive actually and sensitive and can cold read easily mm-hmm. and but then also are con artists and use that to basically make the person think like something's terribly yeah. wrong with them and only they have the key there was a sensation uh, sensational case um a, a couple years ago in new york where a man was bankrupted um yeah. by you know he, he gave this uh, woman who claimed to be psychic uh, hundreds of thousands of dollars and you know and it and it felt I mean, for me, you know, it felt so sad because this guy sort of he was investing all this money in her because she was promising that a woman he was in love with 
would come back to him. Ay, ay, ay. And, you know, he, she, he was paying a lot of money for spells to get her to, to come back. And then eventually it was, he, he became aware that she had died and that there was like, you know, and then I think that was when he had his wake up call, wow. but he'd already, you know, gone into serious debt giving this um, woman money. Yeah. So there's. Wow. That's crazy. Uh, so I need five hundred dollars <laughs> before we, before we start. <laughs> well, what are you interested about? Uh, I'm, what are you interested about? What have you been thinking about lately? I'd like you to shuffle these cards. Mm-hmm. What would you like some guidance about today? Um, what do I want some guidance about? I or what's been on your mind? Oh, my professional life has definitely been on my mind. Um, but, you know, honestly, balancing it with my family, family life, it's it's not one or the other. Is that mm-hmm. is that can I do that? Like I want I don't want to talk about career or love. I would like to know. I would like to yeah. want to know about I want to know you about know like, integration. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's even that's actually honors Tara probably even more to be like, how can I integrate the parts of my life? Yeah. Because you're quite close with your mom. Right. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and I uh, the boyfriend I mentioned is in New York. So, mm-hmm. um, but my work is out here and, mm-hmm. you know, I, I don't want to have to choose <laughs> yeah. between them. Okay. okay so. We're going to bend time and space for Lauren. <laughs> <laughs> she thinks I'm kidding. <laughs> Can I just so go shuffle, ahead and shuffle like mm-hmm. a, like a regular. Mm-hmm. Okay. Very good. What are you thinking about temperance and integration? Health. Mm-hmm. Living a healthy, vibrant life. This feels good, actually. Okay. I that was only one. But no, that's great. You can set it down right there. Mm-hmm. And with your left hand, go ahead and cut it into three separate piles. Okay. And with that same hand, put them back together in any order that you choose. <clears throat> okay, I'm going to say a brief prayer for these cards. Gonna do Celtic Cross. Oh, there she is. That was easy. We got temperance right at the heart of the matter. Um so pulling a Celtic cross for you. This is a very typical tarot spread that I think I've done for you before, maybe. Maybe we've only done three card spreads. I think we've did the three card. Three card. Mm-hmm. So this bigger spread takes a more holistic look at everything that's going on in your life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's the devil. <laughs> um, so, oh, great. really pretty spread here. So the six cards here in the middle, there's like a sort of um, more cyclical looking uh, part of the spread off to the left. This is kind of represents the more feminine principle. I mean, it's kind of, it's kind of ge- genitalia based, where like <laughs> this is the vagina and this is the dick. Um, uh, this incorp- this is just basically like the cycle of your life as it's going right now. This is sort of um, so this is the system of your life essentially here on the left side with the six cards, and then this um, staff going up on the right side is your singleness of purpose, sort of like where you're headed. If that makes sense. Okay. So at the heart of the matter, you have the Five of Swords. Five of Swords kind of reminds me of what we're talking about right now in terms of 
people losing faith in institutions, like everything kind of falling apart uh, in terms of trust, basically. This shows how aware you are of um, how much open dishonor is happening Hmm. everywhere right now. That's basically his deal. Um, It shows a figure that's holding these three swords that he seems to have clearly won from these figures that are behind him that are kind of walking away looking somewhat sad and there's this kind of jagged clouds behind him. Hmm. Um, This is what you see when someone, uh, when there's a kind of energy that's obsessed with control rather Hmm. than connection that that really believes that cruelty, brutality, anything that makes a pathway to control is the only way to go. Mm-hmm. There's no working with this kind of person or institution, basically. When this is the energy that's there, it's like <clears throat> there's no chance for connection. So it's just like beating your head against a brick wall at times. Sometimes it can also feel a little bit like um, a stalemate. So if we're talking particularly about your question of like integrating both these things, there can f- be a little bit of like, how can I how can I tell myself a new story so that this doesn't it doesn't feel so impossible to integrate these two things? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, because what what this usually indicates is um, that whatever story you've been telling yourself just doesn't work. It's it's two step forward, three steps back. Mm-hmm. Crossed by temperance, which I assumed was going to come up. This is exactly what you're talking about. Trying to uh, shows this figure that is. Um, floating above a lake with one foot in the lake, one foot on the ground. So it's like intuition in the lake and then intellect on the ground, sort of wanting to be practical and emotional at the same time. Um, the You know, pouring his cups back and forth to try to get the right um, temperance, temper, temperament? Or what's it called when there's like, you know how sometimes you see things where there's like different colored sands? Oh. In a... I don't. You know what I'm talking about? I don't, but I I thought you were talking about like equilibrium before. That's what it is, though. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, um, which doesn't always look like equal. Equilibrium is different from equal measure, mm-hmm. you know, and that's what that's what temperance is about. Really, is that it's not eight hours of play, eight hours of work, eight. You know, it's everything. The, finding the right mix mm-hmm. is not always about equal parts. Um, so for these two. It's, it's, I mean, it's just basically what we just literally were talking about. <laughs> so that's at the heart of your matter, the question of like, how do I find my balance so I can work with these, so I can spread my socialist matriarchal propaganda? <laughs> yes. <laughs> In the past position, reverse chariot. So this shows um, an, coming to an understanding when the chariot is upright it's a lot about healthy ego really putting your will forth no matter what other people think it's like I'm going to drive forward I'm going to do this the way that I want to do it I don't really care what other people think um, and when it's reversed it's sort of like realizing that your will is sometimes not enough mm. sometimes more soft control is needed mm. that's much more about hard control so this shows that there was some there was um, a kind of acceptance kind of what you're talking about at the start of um the podcast about being like i don't know sometimes like i've just had to kind of accept sometimes that i don't know um that's the healthy version of the chair of the chariot reverse that's in your past position so you're coming from a place of both knowing you can impart your will if you want to and also having now made the space for 
things to kind of come and go without you like having a tight grasp on them, basically. Little page of wands here. Hi. Your conscious vision. <laughs> Hi. He's so sweet. These are your goals. This is your ideals. This is what you hope will happen. This is what you're conscious of. It's what you talk about with your friends. Pages always come delivering a message. Wands is creativity. And also passion. It's represented by the groin. It's um, sexual energy as well. Um, the page, all pages don't have any baggage at all. They're, they're very like childlike energy. Um, maybe I shouldn't say like sexuality and childlike energy, <laughs> but it's more like the innocence of when you're young. Mm-hmm. Um, and he seems kind of like the fountain of youth to me in a lot of ways. So for this to mean the conscious position is like, I know there's a chance right now for me to be bold or like to, to jump into a new creative project or like basically feel excited, like feel mm-hmm. vitality and feel passion right now. In the unconscious position, so this is more like the latent part of what's going on with you, which isn't being spoken of quite as much, um, is the reverse two of pentacles. So when this is upright, it's about, f- it's actually very closely related to temperance. It's almost like the minor version of temperance. As you can s- see, there's kind of like the the temperance angel is balancing their cups and he's juggling his coins at the same time so this is about this is what you really want um is to be able to balance everything in your life um work and play and um be able to work numerous jobs be able to live in la and new york it's everything that you're kind of hoping for um this little clown dance is almost dancing with the with the troubles that he's ha- not even really troubles. It's just like the reality that he's faced with. And when it's reversed, there might be a slight worry that about your own resilience or your own ability to like, um, be supple when it comes to these things. Yeah. You know? Um, but it is present. It's just, since it's reversed, there's this sort of like, um, st- still fear that, somehow going rolling with it is going to make you crack somehow you know what i mean that's kind of the worry so it looks like what's um entering your life to kind of help you feel that um playfulness when it comes to balancing all these things is judgment great card this is the card that tells you you already know what the path is you just have to start walking it Hmm. Uh, that which happens a lot with people was like i have no idea and it's like you do like it's just you have to start taking the steps towards it judgment is always about really hearing your call very clearly Hmm. and yes it does make it you it does indicate a crossroads at times where you have to make choices that are very difficult and cut the wheat from the chaff and that kind of thing and get off the fence a lot of times but it always leaves you with a feeling of like rejuvenation and sometimes a- usually absolution. And so um, a lot of what I think is going to help you find this integration and balance, oddly, is a lot of self-forgiveness because it's not going to be that always that easy to make things work. And you might feel like you, quote, mess up or something like that. But judgment promises that as long as you really are honoring what you're hearing um and i know that you're a sound witch and like you hear (laughs) uh that's going to 
always lead you down the path that already is laid out for you, basically. And you'll be eased through that with a lot of forgiveness, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, but it's a great card. I love judgment. Um, so as you move into this new energy, we're going to go up the staff to see how you go into that direction. Here's the devil. <laughs> 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 kind of similar to the five of swords. So this represents you right now. So I would say that there is some element of when the devil comes up, it usually shows that there are still there is still some bondage that you're experiencing in your life somewhere where you do feel shackled in some ways. Um, the devil is a liar. He just lies and wants you to believe those lies and stay close to him and believe that you're somehow not worthy or somehow um, not uh, deserving of success or that you will be attacked if you shine as brightly as you know you can shine. It's all these kinds of yeah <laughs> abandonment, you know, all these kinds of things. So that's 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 this is this. But the devil really only comes up when it's. When you're ready to see him, basically, you wouldn't, you kind of wouldn't be able to see it otherwise, if that makes sense, because uh-huh. you wouldn't be ready. But, you know, the devil is, he's an illusion like anything else. I always say how these figures have the chains around their necks, but the chains are very loose, so they could really slip them off at any time. Mm. Um, and it goes along perfectly with the five of swords at the heart of the matter when I said how it's time to tell yourself a new story, basically. Um, that's the same thing with the devil the way out of his um madness is to be comfortable with holding space for his lies without believing them Hmm. that's basically there it's still going to come up like there's still going to be and that goes along with forgiveness as well you're probably still going to think things that make things hard for yourself yeah but don't you know what I mean (laughs) Yes, I, I really do. This is very... <laughs> Sorry to... It's, yeah, it's, you know. <laughs> uh, uh, but, you know, that's... your uh, Judgment versus the devil is... There's no contest. Like, judgment leads you out of the doorway every time. So, you're good. <laughs> and your um, environment is the hanged man. Very interesting card to see in one's environment. Hanged man represents uh, doing things... Getting what getting what you want by doing the opposite of what you think you should do. Hmm. Uh, The hanged man uh, comes after the card justice. So he is contemplating the reality of his life and how every action he's done up to that point has led him to where he is and that there's a sense of justice around all of that. And sometimes that can fuck us up. Like it's like, wow. So all of everything makes sense. I got here by like, by step by step by step and i have to account for everything that i've done so far Mm. um so he goes to the tree of knowledge and hangs upside down to kind of take a pause and to meditate and decide kind of where to go from there um he also hangs upside down to sort of show that there's acceptance um about the things that have happened to him previously so um I would think that in your environment is a lot of people reckoning like that. It feels, feels like the, the hanged man is a sense of like reckoning. And then what comes after the reckoning of like, um, taking this pause 
because he knows the hanged man knows that you not not only should you not control everything you can't Mm. so there's that sense going on with him basically hopes and fears position um it's funny because it's like it almost seems literally to be like am i gonna have to fly across the country back and forth (laughs) all the time it's this is usually the card of um material coming and going like money coming and going but it's also like your literal physical body moving from place to place the six Mm. of pentacles um it's about giving and receiving it's about um pendulum the pendulum of how material force kind of just goes in and out in and out in and out and when it's reversed it's kind of similar to the two of pentacles being reversed where it's like not wanting to go into material flow for some reason Hmm. which is very different than emotional flow different than intellectual or creative flow this is just literally like your body having to go from place to place, your money having to paying more money, you know, spending more money than you've ever spent before. Yeah. In a way. You know what I mean? <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> uh, and it kind of just isn't fun. Like it's just it or well, you're it's showing that there's a hope and fear of um this. Uh a hope that um somehow weird like hope that money and material stuff won't flow and a fear of it so that seems related to the devil as well and also to the latent position so um but it looks like the overall outcome here the star such a sweet thing to see at the top of the staff speaking to the whole spread basically the star's hope even when you appear to have no material reason to do so Mm. Um, it's really the most peaceful card in the deck and it shows that you're really in a place now where you can trust peace that you feel calm that you feel and that this is a time when you can give like there is a there is um ability now for you to give in the material world that seems to be a little theme throughout here that fear of that um but um the star is a promise it says you're on the right path um this is the light that you see at the uh, you know at the end of the tunnel is real it's not a train (laughs) (laughs) and there is promise and all you have to do is have faith in that which isn't that fun but it does flush out all of the lies of the devil basically and what i think you already believe like i think definitely think of you as someone who understands what it means to have faith in your path basically and not in like a religious way just more in a like well here i go (laughs) does that make sense does that resonate yes it it really it really resonates um i heard you i think you said control three times (laughs) which um you know i think I get kind of locked in worrying and um, I don't know. I I think I need to like guidance of like this is so important because it just I need to remember to um, that that kind of control is is an illusion. And then I'm really just all the worrying and stuff. It doesn't it feels like uh, one of the illusions is that it feels like it helps me. It helps me be better. Mm -hmm. You know, if I can, if I can um, come up with like, uh, if I can see in my mind any, every possible outcome, then it feels like I 
can have control mm. and that I can make the right choice. But it's oh. just, it's, that is, you know. I'm getting red as well right now. <laughs> you just said that. <laughs> but that is like the, you know, the toughest illusion and the one that I'm, you know, that's my biggest illusion. And I, it's something I have to contend with, with now because that really isn't, it's not true. So I, I felt this really resonated with me because I do feel like um, what you're saying is asking me to confront that and asking, mm-hmm. you know, um, me to confront the lies that I believe that kind of make me feel secure, but are kind of in a way, you know, yoke or shackling me. Mm-hmm. So, Yes. A plus. <laughs> I just like learned from you, which yeah. I do usually do. Yeah. This is really great. Thank you. I'm so glad. Thanks, Lauren. <laughs> How can people find you if you want them to find you? Um, <laughs> if I do, um, I am, Thrillkinson uh, on, you know, social media. And that's probably the best way. And people can buy your book wherever they, they can please. Certainly, they can certainly buy it. Um, yeah, they can buy it at a Skylight Books, a, you know, a nice in independent bookstore here. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think there's there's an audible copy, you know, if they want to listen, there's it's there's electronic copies. It's all over the place. You can get it. <laughs> please go get American Spy, don't be left behind. (laughs) Thank you again, Lauren, for coming in. Thank you. We'll see you next time. 